This week on Ultra 64, let's get ready to bungle! Whatever. Hi everybody, welcome to Ultra 64. Welcome to Ultra 64. <laughs> we're fucking up the intros already, and we're having a fun time doing it. My name is Steve Gunley. I'm Woody Siskowski. Oh man, we've got a fun one here today. Uh, we are talking about three bad midway fighting games. Hey man, speak, hey. speak for yourself. Okay, alright, so maybe they're not all as bad as, uh, I guess I was hoping, really, if I'm being honest. Uh, so the three games we played today are War Gods, Mace the Dark Age, and Biofreaks. Mace the Dark Age. The Dark the, Age. Mace the Dark Age. Oh man, we've been chat. We've been talking about doing Mace the Dark Age for a while. It's, like, there's been a lot, some people have been, been really hyping it up on this podcast. I'm not going to name names, I, but I can name names. it may or may not be the greatest game on the Nintendo 64 system. We'll find out for sure yeah. today but uh so i think bad fighting games are just kind of like a guilty pleasure like they're one of my favorite yeah. like genres of bad games 100 percent agree well because they're always so heavy-handed they're so campy they're so goofball and they're so captured in like this very specific period in time yeah uh and it, so it's really fun to, so not counting these three that we played today do you have a favorite bad fighting game um, well, a couple that come to mind right away are, uh, Primal Rage, mm. the, um, the one where you play as dinosaurs and raptors and bite at each other. Oh, yeah. Um, as a big monkey. That's, and you could be the, the monkey mind. that pees acid on people, right? I remember yep. that fatality. Yep. Uh, Clay Fighter. Mm-hmm. Definitely Clay Fighter is... It's one of those games that when you played it as a kid, you didn't realize it was a bad game. Because it really. seemed cool. It was so impressive but, the way it moved and the way it looked. Uh, I, I have an honorary mention because I just f- discovered this game today, okay. and technically, like, it doesn't exist, um, <laughs> but it was going to exist. Have you heard of Tattoo Assassins? Yeah. You've heard of this? Yeah. Okay, I never heard of this until today. So this game is prototyped, never officially released, but there are some ROMs floating around. Mm-hmm. You can find it on, like, MAME or whatever. Uh, and it, it has more than 2,000 fatalities. Like a ridiculous, <laughs> I didn't know that about it. Ludicrous number of fatalities. Every character has like almost no more than a hundred fatalities. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, and some of these fatalities include nudity, which was always like the mm. rumor with Mortal Kombat yeah, games, yeah. but never actually happened. It happened in this, and this game actually beat Mortal Kombat to animalities. Okay. Uh, and the fascinating thing for me about this was it was co-created by Bob Gale. Do you know Bob Gale? Of Back to the Future writing the fame? The screenwriter of Back to the Future okay. created this terrible fighting game about living <laughs> tattoos that come to life on people. Some of the characters included a stripper, yeah, sure. uh, an Irish rock star slash terrorist, okay. a uh, Native American stereotype, because all fighting games need one of those, yeah. and a parody of Tanya Harding. There was like okay. a figure skate. She walked around in figure skates. Uh, so this game so was So are you sure this, this was a real game? It was a real game. You can find it on MAME. It was going to be real... I think they decided, uh, due to like there was some internal strife and there was some bad press on it, obviously because it's terrible, <laughs> uh, and the market suddenly got super, super, super crowded with these like Mortal Kombat knockoffs. Yeah. That's what we're gonna see today. So I think they just finally decided to pull the plug on it. Uh, wow! But it I'll looks to... it's there's videos available of it on, online and you can find it on emulators. So check it out; it's crazy. 
But let's get into what we're actually talking about. Okay. So uh, we've talked about Mortal Kombat. We had a couple episodes on Mortal Kombat yep. already. We, uh, we all enjoyed it. And we were discussing how everybody was ripping off Mortal Kombat around this time. Like, it was just the cool thing to do. And this is an example of Midway kind of eating their own cake. Yeah, so these three games, off. Midway owned Mortal Kombat, and they wanted to continue to cash in on it. And they also wanted to kind of forge away into, like, the sort of 3D fighting game yeah, realm. because Mortal Kombat had been all 2D up to this point. Exactly. So this was kind of... Some of these were seen as kind of a dry run for what would eventually be Mortal Kombat 4. Which was, we we play it when we played it, it's a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mortal Kombat 4 holds up. Uh, so let's talk about the first one of these, War Gods. And so by first, you mean we're playing these chronologically, We're right? playing, with these three, we selected them randomly, but then I decided to lump them together just because I feel like they're so similar. They're sure. all so, so similar. Uh, so War Gods. So they're less similar than you might have originally thought. I think that they all have some some weird kind of hooks and differences. Okay, I'll but, give you that. Yeah, I'll we'll, give you yeah that. we'll start with War yeah. Gods. War Gods was released on May 21st, 1997 on the N64. It was published and developed, uh, yeah, published and developed by Midway, and it was also released on arcades, on PC, and on the PlayStation 1. So, uh, yeah, like I said, these three games are kind of cashing in the Mortal Kombat craze. Uh, they were gritty and violent, and they were trying to induce marketable characters and these kind of flashy gimmicks. So War Gods was kind of the dry run. You get the developers of Mortal Kombat 4 specifically cite War Gods as something they were trying to not do. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was kind of a dry run for them, and they were really, really wanted to learn from the mistakes of War Gods, which I, I feel like they did. Mortal Kombat 4 yeah. plays better than War Gods. Uh so the story behind War Gods is that a meteorite containing some powerful ore crashes to Earth, breaks it into ten little fragments, and these fragments are found by ten different people at different periods in time, and it transforms them into these all-powerful beings known as War Gods. Okay. And they then want to engage in battle with each other to reclaim all the pieces of this ore so they would become the most powerful person in history. See, I, I was really hoping, and I think you were too, that this game was a kind of... Uh arena sort of fighter of great uh great gods through different cultures and history yeah like you could uh well and you the... get a hint of that because anubis is a character in this right so, you, so you, you feel like, like the norse gods on. versus the greek gods versus the arab gods versus the egyptian right. god yeah that would be yeah. cool might you know might be a little sacrilegious, but it would be it would be fun and <laughs> I do all the people practicing ancient Egyptian yeah, religion. Hey, man. I mean, I don't know. There you, might you know, still you would be. put some modern gods in there too. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, absolutely. I mean, with like Joseph Smith is like this unlockable character. <laughs> Jesus, I do. <Hadouken. laughs> <Yeah. coughs> Excuse me. So uh, yeah, they do have a, like like we said, Anubis is a real life mythical god, but then there's like a cyborg. Yeah, and then like a, a Viking princess and no, like a the, gladiator. The, the gods are quite lame. Which yeah. this is, I mean, this game as we'll get into is not good. But no. like you, none of the character designs are interesting. At, no, at none all. Of them. None of them. Like uh, I don't even know who the the cover character. I think the cover character is one of the bosses. Like because it's yeah. not one of the characters in the game. No, there's just a girl named Pagan who just has like a tight fitting dress. Yeah. And some big hair. I was, and... I was looking up when I was researching this game I came across the website tvtropes.com Okay. they were talking about this game and each each time they would list the character and then they would list all the stereotypes that they were attached to it. Every character had at least seven. <laughs> like they're all ridiculously stereotyped. So like Pagan is 
you know, we know that she's the bad girl because she's wearing, like, all black, and she's wearing, like, dominatrix gear. Okay. Uh, you know, and then we have the, uh, uh, what was the name of the mercenary guy in this one? It wasn't, it wasn't Bullseye. Bullseye. That was in Biofreaks. Fuck, um, I already it was like, name. It was not Bang Bang. No. no I don't. I don't even remember. No. There's some generic muscle yeah. man in this. Uh, and uh, so they, they kind of captured the characters in this with, it was kind of like a combination of like the FMV Mortal Kombat style and 3D animation. They used something called digital skin, which is where they actually shot all live actors like doing all these things, mm-hmm. and then they mapped them onto polygons. So it's weird looking. Uh, you yeah. can get kind of like it realistic. Looks really cheap. It, you get almost like realistic looking faces on the figures, but they're like very blocky. They're very stiff and they're very small. You notice that? Yeah. Maybe it's just because after playing the next two games, like the characters felt very minuscule compared to the surroundings. Um, this is the kind of game that feels like it would be like on The Simpsons or something for people to make fun of. As I a kept thinking parent. that. All three of these games, I kept thinking of uh, Buy Me Bone Storm yeah. or Go to Hell. Like, that's what it felt like the entire time. So, were there any standout characters for you at all? Did, was any, like, I kind of like, like remember? I kind of like the cyborg guy, Sci 5. Sci 5, yeah. Which I keep um, wanting but, to say Sci 5. Right. Which <laughs> might be what they're going for. I guess charitably that's wordplay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, if we're meeting um, And then you had a, there was a big rock guy yeah. who kind of threw some rocks at people. He, he's, um, yes, he rocks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, the only one I can, the only thing that's interesting about any of these is that the uh, Viking princess Vatha was played by Carrie Hoskins, who was uh, Sonya Blade in the original okay. Mortal Kombat games. I mean, I like Anubis. Anubis seems like sure. the, the kind of character that you want in these kind of games. And I'll remember him yeah. just because I, kn- I, I, I know mythology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this one's not great. Uh and it plays like, uh, like it, all of these are going to have like limited 3D motion, you know, because mm-hmm. they're trying with the polygon models, so you can basically sidestep. Sure. Uh, and I think we discovered in War Gods, there's nothing stopping us from just sidestepping forever. Like this game, yeah, that's that. The sidestep mechanic is weird. You it once you hold the sidestep button, you can move in and out pretty freely. Um, and this game is basically plays like an exact clone of Mortal Kombat. Um, exactly. This game is most shameless in its ripping off of Mortal Kombat. They even have the Shao Kahn announcer voice yes. saying, excellent, and round one... They, they, they don't say round one fight. They say round one begin. begin. And then instead of finish him, they say, prove yourself. Uh, but they're still called fatalities. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, I mean, it's just, it's very shameless. And it's not, and it's also not it's not as violent. Um, no, it's, not, it's not, not that much. I would a whole lot of blood, and even the fatalities are pretty tame. I, I pulled out a stick, and then I impaled you with the stick, and then yeah. that was it. Um, you know, there there was the, the only reason this is notable at all is that there was like a brief period of time when this was getting hyped up as like the big successor to Mortal Kombat. Like it was getting a lot of hype. People were getting very excited about it. And then they played it at E3 for the first time. It's like, no, the, the hype is dissipating. Big, big lack of modes too. There was nothing. There, yeah. You either play two player or you just climb the ladder the same way as you would in the Mortal Kombat. And just like Mortal Kombat, it's not a fun one-player game because no. the AI is pretty brutal. It is, yeah. And, and apparently this is even toned down from the arcade where it was much more difficult. But I don't know. It's just not interesting in any way. No, uh, I was I was dis... I, I knew War Gods was not going to be very good, no. but I was disappointed with how bland... how bland everything was. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just not good. Well, uh, 
do we want to talk about War Gods more, or should we move on to the real star of the show here? I can't possibly think of anything else to say about War Gods, so let's move on (laughs) to the real deal, Mace the Dark Age. Mace the Dark Age. Uh, So this was released in October of 1997. I couldn't find a specific day for some reason. It just wasn't listed anywhere. They've stricken that from the records. They have. (laughs) They've purged it. Uh, This was published by Midway, and this was, was actually developed by Atari. Yeah. Uh, released in arcades, and uh, the console version was an N64 exclusive. Excuse me. Once again, I would say this is a total... Well, okay, see, I'm not as convinced as that this is a Mortal Kombat no, ripoff I... as I was after, after I talked to you. You no. made a good point that this is more similar to Soul Calibur than it is to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's a, it's a weapon-based game. All of the characters have a unique weapon, and pretty much all of their attacks involve using that weapon. Um it's not a special move heavy, and most of the special moves aren't like uh, the Mortal Kombat. There's lots of projectiles and things like that, Yeah. and this game doesn't put much... Most of the things are more rooted in reality for this game. Like, the, your special move might be an overhead slash or a sort of uppercut type of slash sure. as opposed to, like, some teleport that sends you across the map. Yeah, and the, it's a more limited suite of moves. Yeah. Uh, I will say that of all these games, I think it has the one most deserving of trailer-like narration, yeah. complete with some, uh, maybe you can find some Hans Zimmer music to put over this or something. But dun, 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 All right, dun, so dun, now we're going to learn dun, dun. the exciting the exciting world of Mace the Dark Age. The story of Mace the Dark Age. For centuries, an impenetrable darkness has shrouded Europe, Arabia, and Asia, with countless victims succumbing to the ravenous hunger of unchecked pestilence and war. In Asia, Khan's ruthless golden horde wages a war of terror against the shores of Japan to Europe. In Arabia, a legendary assassin's guild asserts a bid for power, toppling sultans and kings. Europe, once a promising glimpse of humanity's potential, racist, has become a well of despair under the despotic rule of a handful of feudal lords. Listen to that despair. Many great kingdoms have been devastated, but a few have grown more powerful. These comprise the Covenant of Seven, lords who have aligned with Asmodeus, a practitioner of the dark arts who wields the fabled Mace of Tannis. The mace is imbued with necroptic energy, offering those who wield it a tantalizing promise of everlasting life and unbridled power. With this power comes a terrible price. Asmodeus must feed off despair, disease, and poverty. I don't know how you eat poverty. It doesn't... Yeah, yummy, yummy poverty. Ooh, economic disparity. I'm full. In limited doses, Asmodeus grants the seven the power they need and crave. In return, they expand their kingdoms with bloody battles and torment their peasants. Take that, peasant. But Europe can no longer sustain Asmodeus's ravenous appetite. He now reaches east into the Orient, racist, to find new la- lords who yearn to sample the dark powers. Ooh, dark power. <laughs> but there is a rebellion. Oh, no. Each of the seven addicted to the corrupting power of the mace dispatch their best warriors to kill Asmodeus and steal his power. Leaders from the East sense Asmodeus's plottings and strive to destroy him before it's too late. Heirs to kingdoms long since vanquished seek revenge on Asmodeus and those who wield the dark energy. They are the fiercest fighters in the world and they all have one thing in common. They each must possess the mace. 
the Dark Age. So that's straight from the manual. I felt, I just felt like that's a suitably epic story. Sure. No, it's so yeah. Again, similar Soul Caliber yeah. um, parallel. Everyone's fighting over this one sort of demonic weapon. Yeah. Um, to for full full power. Um, the main the main thing about this game um, is that it looks really good. It actually really does. I was very surprised by that. Yeah. Like we were talking about, uh, you know, the cover boy, and this is Lord Demos, who's like just a big knight in this red armor. With his giant sword. He's, he looks really good. Like he's got these smooth polygons and like uh, nice reflective armor. Like and and he feels hefty and substantial. Like I was surprised at how good this game looks. And I liked I liked the character variety a lot too. Um, I like. I mean, I like Soul Calibur in the sense that everyone gets their own weapon. And yeah. Like, but again, there was a good variety. Um, you know, there's a sort of a blind monk with a staff. There's a sort of medieval warrior with a shield and mace. Right. Um, what's, what was that guy's name? That guy had a cool name. Mordos Cull. Mordos Cull. There's some cool names. Yeah. There's Hell Knight, who's just like the big, tall demon guy. He's kind of like a cow. He's kind of like a skeleton cow. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, oh God, what did he look like? A little bit like a Cloverfield monster. Um, there was uh, Lord Demos, who we talked about. There was uh, Namira, who's like an Arabian princess. Yeah. Uh, Ragnar, who's like a big hulking Viking guy. Yeah. But yeah, with double axes. The very best character you figured out how to unlock. Yeah, if you uh, press start on a series of characters, you can play as Ned the Janitor. Yay! <laughs> so he's a he's a reskin of like the Chinese warrior character. And he plays exactly the same, and they don't change the vocals or anything to Ned the janitor when he plays. He just has a push broom, yeah. and he wears like a. And he, his uh, name plate is in a different. Yeah, it has font stars now. around it. Ned, Ned. So I don't know what the story behind that is. If there is a story, this or if they game just has a lot of cutesy. a lot of fun secret characters. Um, there are a lot. You can you can play as a chicken. You can play as yeah, mm-hmm. a small chicken. Um, by doing a fatality. This game has fatalities as well. It does. They um, call them executions in this one, so they put a little more effort into it. <coughs> a couple of them are just straight up ripped off of Mortal Kombat. There's one where a character rips out another character's heart. Yeah. Uh, there's one where a character kisses a character, shrinks him down, and then puts him in a little bottle. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I think good graphics go a really long way. I would say fighting games are probably... One of the most important, if not the most important genre to have good graphics. Yeah. Like... It, they need to handle well under pressure. They need to move quickly. And you need responsive controls, You want of big characters where with clear animations, and yeah. that really goes a long way. And so this game doesn't seem to have a lot of depth to it. There's only three basic attack buttons. There's a light attack, a kick, and then a hot, yeah. hard attack. Heart attack. Heart attack. Heart attack. Oh, no! <laughs> Don't press that button. Ultimate coronary. Um, and then there's only about three special moves per character. But, um, you know, the fact that this game looked so good and yeah. had, I think, the most appealing roster of characters made me want to play it more. I would say that. Game. And, I mean, I, I kept thinking back to, I mean, currently on our list... The non-Mortal Kombat fighting games that are ranked the highest are like Fighter's Destiny. Yeah. I, I feel like I would go back to this before I went back to Fighter's Destiny. Yeah, just I because th- the characters are more substantial and interesting. The setting's more distinctive. Yeah, I agree. I think Fighter's Destiny plays better than any of these three games. Yeah, well, um, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, this is the one that I think have, has the coolest setting by far. Definitely, yeah. And it's all, I mean, we didn't mention that early on, but this is all in the 1300 
Well, so. it's the Dark Age. It's the Dark Age, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the I, sequel, like you said, is Renaissance. Yeah, Mace the Renaissance <laughs> Age, and then... Uh, Mace, the uh, EDM age. <laughs> <laughs> it, it jumped way ahead. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Mace? Or no, shall I was excited on? to see that Mace, the Dark Age, lived up to the hype. It's, um, I mean... Shockingly decent. It's a shockingly <laughs> decent game. It's... Okay, I will say... Oh, there's one other thing I need yeah, to yeah. point out. Uh, the, the game is narrated by Cookie Monster. Like, <laughs> it's not even, like, ambiguous... Like, it's not... It doesn't sound like a tough guy voice. It sounds like me when Cookie fight! You know, it's ridiculous how much like Cookie Monster the announcer sounds. Anyway, let's move on to Bio Freaks. Bio Freaks. This one was released on May 31st, 1998, published by Midway and developed by the Sapphire Corporation and also released on arcades, PS1, and Windows. Are you sure it was released on arcades? I don't yep. think it was. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, it was. You're right, okay. Uh, Sapphire Corporation, we actually met last week. They were the developers of Cyber the Tiger. Finer, the final arcade release was canceled. Our ROM oh. image of the prototype was eventually dumped and worked in Maine. So it was developed for arcades, but never released. Oh, okay. Good catch. Good catch. Uh, yeah, so Sapphire Corporation, the developer, uh, we met them last week when uh, they developed the N64 port of Cyber Tiger. All right. They did several games on the N64, including Rainbow Six, Rampage, and Xena Warrior Princess. Okay. But the company shut down in 2007. So tell us what Bio Freaks stand for. It's it's worth noting, Bio Freak. All right, tell oh, us yeah. about this title. All right, so similar. This is these are your competing movie trailers, people. Um, in the not too distant future, the United States fell like all great empires throughout history. Fifty states were broken into private territories after the techno-industrial civil wars. Technology and bioengineering accelerated at such an incredible rate and forced an industrial competition of corporate espionage. The government tried to keep control of the country by a single thread. The effect of the giant corporation's white-collar wars drove the economy into a tailspin. Neo-America rises as the result of government bankrupt and technological company takeover. <laughs> to maintain order, the Secret Games Commission, SGC, is formed to organize tournaments deciding which organization gets to control all of Neo-America, <laughs> leading to the creation of Biological Flying Robotic Enhanced Armored Killing Synthoids, or Biofreaks, serving as the champions for each participating organization. So, if you didn't get it from that description, BioFreaks is... Uh, Freaks is an acronym. An acronym, yeah. For which is very convenient, because I, I, it makes me think of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. You yeah. know, it's like, it really makes me feel like somebody really wanted this to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. I just love Biological Flying Robotic Enhanced Armored Killing Synthoids. It's like, what? What? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it's... Completely ridiculous. So they do kind of glaze over why exactly all these things are fighting each other. So it's like we establish, okay, it's a distant future world. Uh, we get all this backstory, none of which is relevant to anything. Well, like, sure. Uh, do I need to know that Rhode Island is its own country now? Like, I don't yeah, think it's necessary to know. I mean, it's good as like a fun fact. But, yeah, uh, the facts don't get any more fun than that. They do not. No, they do not. And that uh, uh, Neo-America is now spelled with a K. With a K, yep. yeah. Neo-America. Uh I mean, I, I don't understand why they're fighting. What well, the, it sounds like from ba based on that story, 
Yeah, these different corporations all sort of... It's kind of like Robot Wars. They all sort of create these own champions and they send them out. And whoever's corporation champion wins, that Mm. corporation gets to run things in Neo-America. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Still pretty low stakes, but (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So once again, we get more kind of... This one's a little more comfortable... I'm saying rip off, but it's it's still a little more distinct. The aesthetic of this one is kind of uh, carnival, uh, gothic, uh, chemical freaks. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, like it's, there's an evil clown character. There's a character who just has a bunch of nails sort of pushed through his body. Yeah. And there's a character who's just a cybernetic uh, minotaur. I, I wrote these ones all down. Okay. There's, there's only eight characters, yeah. and they're all pretty ridiculous. We have uh, Bullseye with a Z. He's yeah. a super soldier. We get Delta, who is a scantily dressed ninja woman that my wife kept calling Delta Burke. Uh, Minitech is the robot minotaur. Mutilator is a killbot who is like a, a boss that we fight later, okay. and you can unlock it. Cyclown, an evil clown who is also psychotic. <laughs> Purge, who is just a helicopter man. <laughs> I'd like to see a clown in a game who's just very normal, like just a normal just a no- clown. Yeah, he- yeah. I'm sick of crazy clowns. Yeah. It's it's overdone. We've been to that well too many times. Uh, we get Sabotage, who's a female super soldier. Sado, the snake monster. There's two S's in that. And Zipperhead is like a Frankenstein guy, like yeah. like you said, he's he's uh, got a bunch of stab things through him, and he's the cover boy for the cartridge, and he is immediately off-putting because he has like hoses coming out of his nipples, <laughs> and like I've got a thing about nipples, like that grosses me out super bad, like I don't know, so I can't. You got a nipple thing? I got a nipple thing. I can't look at oh, it. Oh, but not in the fun way. Not in the fun way. Not I've got in the, the way that most people have. I've got the bad nipple. Oh thing. no! Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's a, a you know it skips a generation. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> So I would say the hook of this one is uh, the F in Freaks is the flying. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can just press the B button and your character will just take off. You take off to a pretty good height. Jet- it, yeah. You have you have jetpacks and you have guns. Yeah. Every there's another button where you just can press you just press A and your character will just shoot a projectile. There's no button co- combination yeah. or anything. Um, and you basically discovered you could just sort of stand at one end and spam that projectile. That is very right. Pretty well. I I took you out just by standing still and pressing the one button. Uh, (coughs) It's interesting. I'll give it that. It's interesting. It's got some ideas. I like that uh, as you fight, you can knock each other's limbs off. Yep, that like came. You, you can cut off somebody's gun arm, and then they can't use their gun anymore. Yeah, the control scheme for this game is weirdly there's a button for left punch, right punch, left kick, and right kick. So yeah. I imagine that if you cut off someone's right leg, their right kick button isn't going to work anymore. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's hard to find the consistency for that. And this game graphically isn't that good. It's just um, kind of a brown mess. Yeah, yeah, and because the characters are able to fly around, the camera occasionally has to zoom way out. Yeah. And then everything, again, looks really small, and it's hard to tell what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's... I, I liked it a little better. I've, this is the only one of these three games that I've played before. Okay. Like, I, I, I played it a couple of months ago just to try it out. And uh, I hated it then, <laughs> and I don't hate it now. Maybe it's just the fact that we played, like, this is the third game in a row that we played, and everything kind of looked better after War Gods. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can appreciate that it was trying something new and different, mm-hmm. uh, even if it was existing within that ripoff framework. Uh, it, it does have fatalities, just like the other games. They call them mutilations in this one. 
So again, nothing terribly exciting. It's all limb rending and uh, explosions. But it's like when you can do that in the actual process of the gameplay itself, it's not as exciting to do a special move at the end. And it, yeah, that's true. And it just doesn't happen consistently enough. And no, no. And I think that the issue with the graphics zooming out so consistently really takes out a lot of that impact. Yeah, it, it does. And I mean, the gunplay would be cool if it aimed a little better like i feel like if you were able to fly and shoot at each other yeah i mean that's you know, a whole that would be a whole different game it'd be a whole different of game. arena like that people are flying around and shooting at each other like, right tribes yeah. or something like that sure but, sure or yeah it's odd it's a very odd game uh yeah I this th- game i felt like did the most different things it plays different than other fighting games and it's the but, campiest overall i think just with its aesthetic which is just like patently ridiculous and yeah. so like mid 90s hardcore like oh i'm such a badass kind of thing like even, way trying too hard but yeah but even that there was not there was not enough i feel like that pinhead character um, zipperhead zipperhead yeah. has has that aesthetic yeah but like and I guess the guy with like the jetpack arms and like who was I liked around. him. He I don't know cool. anything about him. I just think he's like his mother made it with a helicopter. I think that's his whole deal. <laughs> there was I didn't think there was enough of that. Like I agree that those characters were like crazy and weird. But then yeah. again, there's just like all these games are like these games don't know how to make female characters. Like None they're of them. just like hey, let's just put a skimpy lady and then put some guns on her hand. Like why can't why can't there be some super freaky? female lady who is like i don't know something. like bazooka for breasts or something i don't know like, i mean if they're gonna go sexist and gross like they might as well lean all the way yeah. into it you know because i i think we're gonna need to flag like the first game we encounter that actually treats women well i don't think i don't know that any game on nintendo 64 <laughs> is gonna be up to that challenge <laughs> okay yeah uh, I, I and that's it. just the era like i don't know there weren't very many f- positive female characters in games but even, for a long time. I, I guess I, I even want I want tra- I want trashier in these games. Like I'm just saying like if they're gonna go if you're gonna trashy yeah. and just have women in skimpy outfits like lean all the way into it. And be have like, more craziness. Be like Bayonetta. Yeah. You know, where her entire yeah. outfit is just her hair, you know, and she strips naked the more that she uses her powers. Like yeah, lean into the silliness of it. Yeah. Uh this one just kind of strides the the middle ground there i don't know uh it it does have the most features of the three games we've seen the most different modes like there's you know uh mace added a little bit by having a practice mode in addition to the regular mode this one has an arcade it has a practice it has survival it has team battles but again none of this really matters because it's all just various ways to play against another person or the computer right and the stages are just like they they rank the stages from easy to hard because you can damage each other by doing the ring outs. Oh, and we should mention the lava level we were playing. There's like a little outcropping that we spent the entire round trying to get up on because we couldn't tell yeah. if it was background or something we could stand on. So we kept falling in the lava. And it, sometimes we would stand on it and sometimes it'd just fall in the lava. <laughs> and there was no consistent pattern for how to get up there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a weird failure of a game, I think. It, it didn't, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't play it again, but it's interesting enough to have played before. Yeah. Which I feel like kind of puts a button on uh, on this episode, don't you think? Yeah, I yeah. feel like this, is, the, this is probably the most Ultra 64-y trio of games that there's going to be. I feel like this is the reason this podcast wasn't You want to look up like weird-ass time capsules like this one. And uh, 
You know, uh, we had some mixed results here. So let's move yeah. on to our rankings. Uh, so everybody can follow along on our website, ultra64podcast.com. See where things rank. Right Play now, at home. Purchase a copy of Mace of Dark Age War Gods and Biofreaks and then make I, your own list. I, I, I swear to God, I think my copy of Mace of Dark Age was a dollar. <laughs> so I got a lot of value out of yeah. that. Um, so currently my number one game is Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. And my number 30 game, we've played 30 games nice, so far, nice. is uh, Vigilante 8 Second Offense. Right, yeah. Woody, you're over number one, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, yep. number 30, Super Bowling. Uh, do you want to go first? Should I go first? Oh, I can go care? first, but I always yeah. need I always need this. Yeah, thing. you can take a look. Yeah, so all right. So it goes without saying, of course, that these are going to be one, two, and three. Obviously, um, yeah. yeah. Suck so, on it, Tony Hawk. Yeah. Suck on um, it. it just, I think we're probably, I don't know, I'm not going to, well, I'm going to speak for you. I'm saying I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to speak for you. In the sense that I feel like we're probably in the same order that War Gods is clearly the worst of these. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, it is. Then Biofreaks is... Middlest. Middlest, and Mace is the best. Um, That's accurate. But best, again, is, is relative. Yeah, I, I really we need to figure out where this lands in relation to the Mortal Kombat games and to Fighters. Destiny oh yeah, there's no like question that. to me that all these games are worse than uh, Mortal Kombat. Either yeah, the Mortal Kombat games we played. And I'm not a Mortal um, Kombat lover, but I would agree with that yeah. too. Yeah, um, that just Mortal Kombat has so many more characters. It's more appealing. The moves are more interesting. Everything about it it just makes you want to play it more. Sure. Yeah. Than these. Um. So I'm gonna put. Uh, I'm gonna put Mace. Um. Right below, actually, I want to put it below Fighter's Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, Fighter Destiny Two. I'm going to put it below Fighter Destiny Two. Okay, because um, that game had some depth, seemed to play well. Um, Mace felt like you were pretty stifled in your moves, yeah. But it did look really nice. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Let's put Bio Freaks. Um, let's put it uh, under Glover. Okay. And then let's put War Gods under Cyber Tiger. Okay. All right. That's low. That's low because you didn't. You were not a fan of Cyber Tiger. No. I, was uh, I wasn't either, but I was more, more not a fan one. of War Gods. Uh, all right. So for me, I, I will put uh, Mace the Dark Age. I'm going to put that right between Snowboard Kids and Fighters Destiny 1. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's going to be my new 16. Okay. Uh, my... N- Biofreaks, I think, is my new number 22. And War Gods is my new number 24. No, it's more. It's better than Mortal Kombat Mythologies. So, yeah, 24. 24. Yeah, uh, so it's, I mean, again, this is going to make a lot more sense if you go to the website, look yeah. at the whole list, and you can get a whole scope of how it's going. This is getting unwieldy. Even, we haven't even hit, hit 25 episodes Maybe we'll have yet, to figure out... Um, Maybe we'll have to before we record the podcast figure it out where our list is and then just go right to that instead could, of having to take the time looking at or it. Or we start just doing numbers, just doing one to thirty. Name it like yeah, list them out one to thirty. But it's like all it's all relative without without knowing where it sits between. That's I, true. It's, That's it's true. Too hard. Well, um, whatever. Our, the point is, I don't think any of these games you need to run out and play in our no. in our metric whether these are buy or rent you're in some these. super weird reality where a place you're near you is still renting N64, N64 games, games you which, might get, don't discount that yeah, yeah that would happen uh you could go get Mace the Dark Age for, sure play it if they if it's I would say yeah if you can get the Mace the Dark Age for less than three dollars it's you less will probably get your money's worth it's less than the price of a can of Mace <laughs> so <laughs> not can, really as useful not as you well I don't know these cartridges are pretty sturdy you yeah. can just like fling it like a ninja star into your attacker <laughs> that's my purse 
Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we are Ultra 64. We're on Ultra64Podcast.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Gmail. All of that is the same. Uh, next week, we are playing a game called Hybrid Heaven. And we have a guest who has been chomping at the bit to get to play this game. So I'm excited to see why. I have no idea what yeah. this game is. So uh, until then, man... I don't know. Come back. Come come play it. Listen, listen to us talk more. A, a potentially a better game yeah. than that than there's, these three today. There's always hope. There's always hope. It's always hope, and I think that's really the message we're trying to impart to you all. There's always hope. Have a good night, everybody. The Dark Age. Mace the Dark Age. Da 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 da. Mace the Dark Age. Yeah. <laughs>